Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back only to Democracy in Talk Radio of four and by you, the people, live on the radio nationwide, streaming live throughout the world on the World Wide Web. Check it out, lesliemarshallshow.com forward slash stream. Our stream brought to you by Spreaker, a division of iHeartRadio. Our podcasts are carried there as well. And we are carried pretty much everywhere. American Armed Forces Radio Network, Progressive Voices, um, Indiana Talks. Um, also carried on um, TuneIn and iHeartRadio, and of course, your radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. On Facebook, like our fan page, facebook.com forward slash The Leslie Marshall Show. And on Instagram, at Leslie Marshall Talker. Mark, it actually, my executive producer, set up an Instagram account. We have some people following me there. It'd be great if you're all in one place uh, at Leslie Marshall Talker. In this hour, a great guest will be joining us to help educate us on certain matters. We've had him on before, and it's a pleasure to have him rejoining us. He'll be with us shortly. We're going to be talking with Scott Paul. Scott and Paul is president of the Alliance of American, the president of Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM, a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. For years now, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters, which it certainly is. And for our national leaders, as we saw in the last election, it certainly is. And they've done it through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a really savvy PR strategy. We're going to be joining, uh, Scott is going to be joining us on the program uh, shortly. There are people out there, there are unions, and there are manufacturing organizations that are doubting the validity of some talk coming out of the president's mouth. Now, I know some of you say, oh, the president's been giving a lot of mistruths or misinformation, lies, as I like to call them. But Donald Trump had talk that, you know, we, the American people that I actually liked, buy America, buy American. And there are those in the U.S. steel industry and in the steel mills that 
doubt Donald Trump's Buy America talk. And some of you know that he's been a hypocrite with this in the past, right? We, we, you know, we've already seen him use steel from China for some of his buildings. And now, three times a month in the state of New Jersey, there's a different country that comes, and that's Russia. Huge shipments of steel. Now, I know a lot of people are talking about and hashtagging and curious, and the news is covering a lot of Trump-Russia stuff. But here is yet another Russian connection, if you will, that does not help toward the Buy America mantra, that is hypocritical of the Buy America mantra. And he did it with China, and now, well, with Russia. Because the Russians come to New Jersey three times a month with huge shipments of steel, okay? Uh, the company is NLMK, and I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, Nova Lipchek Steel. Uh, they've been greeted by open arms from the state of New Jersey and officials in that state. They credit the Russian mega firm with revitalizing a port in Paulsboro and creating more than 100 local jobs. As the flagship tenant, this is what NLMK has promised, to bring in at least 1.5 million tons of Russian steel on an annual basis. By the way, they plan to upgrade that number to 2 million. Now, it's already pumping roughly 35,000 tons of steel a week to its U.S. plants. One's in Indiana, two are in Pennsylvania. And its ship, the Doric Warrior, docked at Paulsboro Marine Terminal March 2nd, with its first load, politicians beam. Workers hustle to move the heavy load. Steve Sweeney is a Democrat state senator in New Jersey, and he said that the port was generational and its work would sustain families for years to come. But if you go further inland away from the port, there's not a rosy welcome in the state of New Jersey. We're going to talk more about this with Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, good to have you with us this afternoon, just setting the folks up to hear about the doubt coming from U.S. Steel Mills, especially in some states like New Jersey, about uh, Donald Trump's Buy America talk. This is a president who himself has had steel from China, used steel from China in some of his buildings. And now we're seeing in New Jersey that the Russians three times a month come in with huge shipments of steel, 1.5 million tons of Russian steel annually, planning to upgrade that to 2 million Oh, sure, 100 local jobs have been created, but how many more jobs are created for Russians or jobs taken away, especially when you get inland away from the port in the state of New Jersey, correct? Yeah, I think it's a really good question that we have. You know, there's lots lots of politicians are talking about uh, buy American, hire American, and, you know, that means using – American steel in bridge projects and other infrastructure projects, uh, and uh, it is, uh, it's been reported in the New York Daily News uh, and elsewhere that a couple of these projects, even within the, the New York City area, um, LaGuardia Airport, um, the, the proposed kind of Hudson, uh, Hudson River Tunnel, um, and uh, the Verrazano Bridge uh, a few years ago are, are are using Chinese steel, and in addition, a Russian steel company that has very close ties to to Vladimir.
Vladimir Putin, um, does have a couple of what I would call finishing operations here in the United States, but uh, it views the American steel market as a place where it can dump its excess production. Uh, you know, the market doesn't function very well in Russia, and so it's found a way to get this deal to a port in New Jersey. And I'll say this, you know, we have a private market, and if people want to use that in private construction or other uses, I, I think that's their own business. But when it comes to taxpayers, uh, tax dollars should be going towards American steel, and this is not American steel. You know, why in a time when from the outcome of the last election, it's pretty clear that Americans are very pro-America, pro-patriotic, bring jobs back. You know, why do states like New Jersey, you know, do this? Or why does anybody uh, want to bring in steel from China or from Russia when, you know, this is, it's not only hurting the American worker, it can hurt the politician's chance for re-election. Yeah, they, they obviously think it's super cheap, and the, the real answer, and this is kind of the answer to any anybody who misbehaves, is because they can. You know, they can get away with it. Our, our, our laws aren't strong enough right now uh, to stop it, or the way in which they're being enforced is not strong enough. And there's just a special irony here, Leslie, because Chris Christie, you know, governor of yep. New Jersey, early supporter of Donald Trump uh, after his own campaign kind of uh, got sidetracked pretty early. Um, he criticized uh, Hillary Clinton, um, Chris Christie did, at the Republican convention in Cleveland, and he said something about Hillary Clinton uh, opposed putting Buy America requirements into the stimulus bill that was passed uh, years ago, you know, right, right in the aftermath of the Great Recession, uh, which, which on itself is not, not, not entirely accurate. And then, and I know this because we've worked in New Jersey, Chris Christie, within the last two years, has vetoed five Buy America bills himself. And these are bills that would have potentially stopped a little bit of this outsourcing because the Port Authority is jointly administered by the state of New Jersey as well as by New York. And uh, Chris Christie had a chance himself to stop uh, this this uh, imported steel from displacing U.S. jobs, uh, and he failed to do it. I mean, we're going to go back at, at it uh, again uh, this year and next to try to get these bills passed again. Uh, but the fact that Christie, on the one hand, is able to Hillary, is able to criticize Hillary Clinton for for doing something that that he himself uh, actually did, uh, and in a manner that that uh, has probably cost some steelworkers their jobs here in the United States. And when you talk about them, um, let's talk about steel. And Scott, this is an area where um, you know I'd rather go to your expertise. When we buy stuff made in China, it falls apart. T-shirts, you know, three for ten bucks, and you know you wear it once and it falls apart in the wash. Most of us uh, know that if we've not experienced it. Is steel something that is? It, it, I don't want to sound like a complete moron here, but I'm just going to be honest in asking. Um, are there is it 100% pure, or are there elements added? In other words, we know part of the problem with our infrastructure is we have a, a D or a D minus grading on uh, many of our roads and our bridges. But it's especially looking at bridges that are badly in need of repair um, or being entirely replaced. Um, are we jeopardizing paying less quality uh, for the cost of steel from Russia or China? In other words, is it the same steel? Are we getting the same 
thing for a lower amount, or are we getting a lesser uh, quality uh, for that dollar value? Yeah, absolutely. First, Leslie, you're not a moron. You're brilliant and you're amazing. No, nobody buys a ton of steel and 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 would know this. And it's a, it's a great question uh, to ask. And, and here's uh, here's the answer. On the one hand, some of the steel. Uh, that's been outsourced from China for our infrastructure problem, for our infrastructure projects, has had quality problems. Uh, a good example uh, is the uh, San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge, where the welds were so faulty uh, on it uh, that they had to, uh, that, that California had to send a team of engineers, paid for by California taxpayers, to China. Uh, to help them uh, do the wells better, uh, and it delayed the project and, and uh, it led to cost overruns, and, and they're still dealing with challenges from all of that. So that's one issue. So yeah, quality can be a factor. I mean, the truth be told, some of the slab comes in. This is just the you know the big, big pieces of steel that's come in. Then it's further uh, melted or fabricated in the United States. You know that quality issue is probably less of a challenge. But here here is what is the challenge now. The the act of 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 transforming that slab and creating it in the first place, uh, and this is very technical steel talk, but this is the ultimate. The ultimate answer is this is where the jobs is. And so if you're just finishing it in the United States, but you're not actually melting and pouring the steel in the United States, you're missing out on somewhere between 70 and 90 percent of the jobs that are created through steel making. And that's why it's important to employment in the U.S. Uh, and, and Russia and China make, make way more steel then they need to consume domestically way more steel. And so they're like, let's offload it to the United States market. They can fabricate it there. Uh, we can sell it at below cost to them, and, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll be able to, to get some of the steel off of our books. Meanwhile, this hurts American workers, and that's why we're trying to stop, stop the, uh, uh, the, the steel from coming in and saying we got to buy American when it comes to U.S. steel. How do people know, Scott? I mean, you know, for, the, for these Russians, they have this Russian company, NLMK, Nova Lipsec Steel. I'm probably saying it very wrong. One in Indiana, uh, two in Pennsylvania. You know, how, how do we know, you know, where steel is, you know, comes from? Because these huge shipments, shipments of steel that come into New Jersey, just as one example uh, from Russia and then other, you know, shipments that come uh, from China, they're put into many things. They're put into our cars and they are put into uh, bridges and other things that we may not um, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when we, we buy a car, we're hoping that all of that car, when we buy an American car, is made in America, including, you know, all of the uh, materials for that vehicle. We'll be back with Scott. We'll be back with you. Uh, don't go away. In the meantime, during the break, check it out on Twitter. Follow Scott there, at Scott Paul AAM. Go to the website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Scott has been pushing Made in America as uh, well as the AM. We've been talking about it here. But how can you buy something made in America when it's not 100% made here and when steel is coming from countries like Russia and China, two of which the president himself, well, one of which China, the president himself demonized and another that's becoming pretty demonized in the media nowadays. We'll be back with him. We'll be back with you right after this. Don't go away.
Manufacturing. AmericanManufacturing.org is the website. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM. So much to talk about. Um, let's talk about somewhere else just um, over uh, the bridge from New Jersey, and that is, uh, and, and more specifically in Queens, and that is in New York. LaGuardia is uh, spending $4 billion on a facelift to that airport. Uh, but again, not an all-American uh, job. This is according to the Daily News. Chinese steel going to be used in this project, very high-profile project. Those of us that fly, right? Scott, you know about this. You and I fly uh, for our jobs on occasion. Um, it is supposed to, this is supposed to be the city's second best airport, and it hasn't been, certainly, and they want to make it great again. Well, this infuriates, rightly so, the U.S. steel industry, um, the U.S. steel industry says, look, why don't you give these contracts and the jobs to us? We can handle uh, the demand. Now, a spokesman for the Port Authority, both New York and New Jersey, um, uh, told the news that Chinese steel will build some of the road ra- roadway, excuse me, bridges at the airport. They're relying on steel fabricated also in Canada for a part of the Terminal B building. And the Port Authority said it is in compliance with the mandates required by its funding. Scott, do the mandates need to be changed? And if Donald Trump were serious about make an America, buy an America, bringing jobs back, would that be something he'd put forth uh, in, in the Republican Party? Absolutely. And they do need to be strengthened, clearly. There are way too many loopholes. Uh, and there, you know, there, there's uh, federal tax dollars that's going towards the reconstruction, renovation of LaGuardia, which needs it, Leslie. I'm telling you, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Having, uh, have, having slept through there a few times, uh, it, it definitely needs an upgrade. Um, the, the, there's private money being used. There's some Port Authority money being used. And the challenge is they kind of mix it all together, and they're able to avoid some of these Buy America requirements. And that's just wrong. And I think that, you know, if, if, uh, if, if Trump is going to say buy American, hire American, uh, it needs to apply to projects like this. This, this seems to be a logical uh, kind of first uh, case study. Of how of how you want to see your policies benefit American workers, um, and you know the the Keystone Pipeline, which is hugely controversial. Uh, the White House announced that that wouldn't need to be made from 100% American steel, uh, and so you know there, there there's opportunities that are going the wayside uh, by, uh, for for this, but. You know, here's a case where we should we need to say infrastructure projects moving forward need to have American steel, American manufactured goods uh, in them, and this is how we'll rebuild this country. And you, we will be able to grow manufacturing jobs. It will be entirely possible to do this. And on top of it, Leslie, I know this is something that Chuck Schumer agrees with, right. uh, that a lot of uh, Senate and, and House Democrats agree Right, that with. has bipartisan support. Scott, hang on. We're going to take another break. That's our shorter segment. Back with Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AA. Right after this, follow him on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM, the website AmericanManufacturing.org. Scott Paul AAM, the website, AmericanManufacturing.com. 
Uh, anything else uh, about that? That was our shorter segment about LaGuardia Airport using foreign steel for this $4 billion renovation, Scott. Yeah, I, I think the, the 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 message that we want to try to convey is that there is something that we can do about this, and it takes uh, changes in the law. And you know, if we're working on an infrastructure proposal, let's do that. Uh, the president has been signing a lot of executive orders as well, and I think there's an opportunity through that to put an end to practices like this, so that we're investing tax dollars in. American workers uh, and not allowing countries like China and Russia to uh, offshore their unemployment challenges to the United States. Um, I, I want to talk um, about something that the president is doing that actually could hurt him as far as getting passage, um, and that the president wants to do tax reform and infrastructure at the same time. Biting off more than he can chew, and, and you know, or, I mean, the infrastructure is something that he actually could get some Democratic support on. However, Republicans are extremely um, fragmented, uh, it would seem, and and Democrats also maybe after the health care, uh, you know, repeal and replace legislation that was put forth failed. Um, you know, some Democrats, I know Senator Schumer has been getting some grief for anything that he would agree with President Trump on. That's a great question, and if I knew the answer to that, I would be the most accurate person in Washington, D.C., and I would have picked my, uh, <laughs> my, my NCAA pool entirely correctly as well. Uh. Neither of those things have happened, by the way. Um, but but the, the interesting thing is I think a lot of people were looking to see if this kind of unified Republican government would – Changed the way Washington worked, and would it get this? You know, the, the health care bill through, um, which, which of course had extraordinary opposition to it uh, among Democrats. You, you know, unified opposition among Democrats, uh, and and the answer is, you know, a lot of the same problems that Republicans had before they still face uh, the Freedom Caucus, kind of the the, the Tea Party esque kind of members. And so it's it's a real question: Is it does it sweeten the pot? to do infrastructure and tax cuts, uh, or does it complicate it? Because taken by themselves, they're both extraordinarily complicated issues, and uh, the the tax cuts, uh, you know, depending on how they're framed, they pit some businesses against others. For instance, like Boeing and uh, Caterpillar, like the, the House Republicans' plan, Walmart and the Koch brothers oppose it. So it's like civil warfare uh, in the business community in a lot of ways, and Democrats haven't been included in the process. You know, on the flip side, uh, on the infrastructure plan, Leslie, you know, this is something that we've had conversations about for a while now and something that all the candidates uh, thought was a great idea to do, to have sizable uh, investments, new investments in infrastructure to rebuild America, to modernize our airports, to, to construct all those uh, deficient bridges, to build out our energy and our broadband systems as well, to replace those water pipes, particularly those that, that need to be replaced that are that are a century old and have, have led to challenges like we see in, in Flint. All of that desperately needs to be done. You've got to pay for it somehow. And, and that's the hang-up with some, some of the Republicans. Do you increase the gas tax? Do you do it through public-private partnerships? Do you do it through tax credits? Do you do it through, through borrowing? 
Uh, and I don't know that we're any closer to the answer to that today than we were when we were talking about this, say, a year ago. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate um, and, and get something done. By the same token, and I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll close with this thought uh, on this topic, is that you know I, I think that back in the in the mid 1990s, um, I recall very specifically this unlikely partnership of Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich uh, making changes to the uh, to, to the welfare law and and raising the minimum wage uh, at the same time. And so who knows what is possible? I certainly don't, but I think that the you know the the Republicans uh, main opposition to this is going to be in their own party. I I agree with you and I think that's going to be hard, going to be uh, hard to do. Um what is more important to this country would you say Scott infrastructure or tax reform? Yeah, I think that uh immediately uh, infrastructure is the pressing need and we're not in a we're not in a uh, in a deep recession and so the idea that you need to have like shovel ready projects to put people back to work uh, is probably not as big of a deal uh, now as it would have been you know uh, eight or nine years ago but uh, the backlog of infrastructure projects that we need to do has grown uh, and it includes a lot of projects that would have very national significance, um, from, uh, from reconstructing transportation hubs uh, to building out these networks. And there's, you know, and, and, and the, you know, the, the weather in California, uh, lots of things have pointed out, you know, long overdue large-scale projects that, that need to be undertaken now before there is a complete disaster. And, and the, so in a way, it's a very good time to have a conversation about uh, boosting investment uh, in our roads, our bridges, our ports, uh, our dams, our our waterworks, uh, and and everything else. Um, You know, interest rates, borrowing costs are still pretty low. Uh, There are a lot of folks who uh, would be capable of doing this. Steel mills are not running at capacity, so you can they can certainly uh, add some jobs there and, and contribute contribute to the um, uh, c- contribute both to new jobs as well as to the materials that we need to rebuild bridges, and, and it's a good time to do it. Um, I, I think that it's the right time to do it, and I think that it would have a much more profound impact for more people than corporate tax cuts would uh, right away. Look, we can change our tax system. We probably should uh, in a lot of different ways, but uh, it, it's going to take years, I think, in, in, to, to to get to some uh, get, get to some conclusion of that conversation. Meanwhile, we know what needs to be done on infrastructure. We just have to have the will to do it. <laughs> that that's uh, very very true. Um, let's um let's focus on uh, this for a, a little bit more. Is this more, do you think, for the president about fast victories after the health care failure? Um, and, and I say that because infrastructure is something that definitely the American people know when they just look at what's happened with our roads and bridges, when they look at the grade. And it's something that people have been talking about and talked about on both sides throughout the campaign. Donald Trump, when he was campaigning before he was elected, Hillary Clinton and others before it just came down to um, those two. When we hear infrastructure, many people think dollar signs because the government has to put money in, but it's an investment, investment in the future, and it also can create uh, a lot 
uh, of American jobs. It's big, it's flashy, potentially it is uh, bipartisan. Um, but because Donald Trump needs victories and fast, do you fear that because there's no solid plan yet, this might go the way of health care, which is, you know, not having something that's in the best interest of the American people that could garner bipartisan support just to get that victory and, and to do it in a quick manner? Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point, Leslie. And so I, I'm thinking of this way, you know, the, the there was no outreach from the White House to the Senate Democrats, House Democrats about health care. Well, and frankly, there wasn't from Paul Ryan or either. So, so, so no, there was no outreach to the Democrats. I think that the White House is going to need Democrats to pass an infrastructure bill. Um, I, I think that's abundantly clear. And in a lot of ways, I imagine, you know, the, the, the price that Chuck Schumer and others are going are gonna to exact for this has gone up because, you know, the, the, the Republicans, the, the, the Freedom Caucus in particular, have shown that a lot of these problems that John Boehner had to deal with when he was Speaker uh, are still around. Uh, and they were kind of parked temporarily during the election and, and during Ryan's speakership in, in last year, uh, but, but, but they're back. And so uh, after completely ignoring and, you know, in fact, in many ways going, going out of their way to insult uh, Democrats, uh, you know, is is the White House going to be able to effectively reach out to uh, Schumer, Pelosi, or to you know, kind of willing uh, industrial state Democrats to try to do some of this work? And uh, and that I you know I, I hope that they do because I think the American people would be better off for an infrastructure bill. Um, and uh, but it's yet to be seen whether you know whether they will in fact change course and do this, or whether they're going to keep feeding red meat to the you know kind of the social conservatives uh, in the party that's going to drive deeper divisions between Democrats and Republicans. My fear as a Democrat, and I know some other Democrats have expressed this, and I'm, I'm wondering if you could weigh in, is you know Republicans can put something forth that may even be somewhat palatable to Democrats or majority of American people, regardless of their ideology. And then what happens is they'll tack on things like defund Planned Parenthood or fund the wall um, or increase more military spending, which Democrats already have a problem with it not being offset in areas of, uh, you know, tax reform, um, infrastructure and, and other areas. Um, do, you, do you think this is going to get, you know, st- you know, stuck in this same quagmire, if you will? Well, that's I think that's a really, really good point, Leslie, because it is uh, it, it definitely has that potential. And I think that the, the, hard, the hard thing to un, unwind here is that, you know, since the inauguration, you know, I think that the, the partisan lines have, have grown much more visible uh, and and distinct uh, and, and in some ways, you know, rightfully so. Uh, among Democrats, because there there was this, uh, you, you know, the the, the initial, uh, other than withdrawing from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the initial actions taken by the administration uh, were in in meant uh, were meant in no way to kind of have that bipartisan appeal, um, and and they were very directed. Uh, at, a, at a particular constituency, and you can think of the, the, the pieces on immigration and refugees and 
some of the nominations um, uh, and, and what have you. And so it does. I think it makes everybody's job harder. And I, I think that, you know, the other, the, the, the other thing that, that I worry a bit about, uh, well, as well, Leslie, as a manufacturing advocate, is, is this idea that if we do get a good infrastructure plan, um, and, and that's a big question, I, I don't know if we will, but if we do get a good infrastructure plan, um, you know, is this – We, I, I hope that Democrats will see it that way as well and, and will want to support it. Uh, so that it's it, it it's not a you know, it's not a kind of resist at all costs no matter what it is, but it's like you know selective engagement. It's like look if if you're going to do right on on this infrastructure piece, we'll 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 be with you, but we're gonna we're gonna fight you on everything else that we have strenuous agreements with. Um, that's that's not a an easy political environment in which to operate, uh, and and there's not a lot of Again, kind of case studies that represent um, success for it. So we'll see. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this with Scott, and we've got more uh, to talk about. An idea that he has and he wrote about is how we can fix the economy and what we need to do that. Uh, It it isn't as hard as you think. We'll be back with him. We'll be back with you right after this. Follow him on Twitter at ScottPaulAAM, the website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Don't go away. President of the AAM, Scott, thank you uh, for holding. Welcome back. Always um, a pleasure to have you with us. You write a lot of great pieces. I especially enjoyed this one. And like I said before the break, fix the economy. And you say address the China trade gap. Now, you and I have talked about China before. Uh, We've talked about them manipulating a currency, uh, but certainly we have a deficit, right? Import, export, a deficit, you know, in trade. And and a lot of that is, um, you know, with China. Um, You talk about the president, or at least since he assumed office at the beginning of this year, things look good in some respects. The stock market is up. Unemployment rate is still low. Some people would say he shouldn't get credit for it yet necessarily. Um, But there's still not something right with the uh, economy, and it's certainly something that the president's not uh, talking about it, despite the fact that polling shows economic optimism is uh, soaring, especially among Trump uh, supporters. Uh, but you talk about an anxiety that remains, and it's just like a cloud over the economy. And obviously your piece is about the China trade gap uh, in particular. Uh, talk to us about that and how that addressing the China trade gap can fix the economy. Yeah, thanks, Leslie. And and obviously the you know the the, the demise of the uh, the the, the uh, healthcare bill created some policy uncertainty. But more broadly, I think there's been a real question about whether uh, whether and if anything can be done to kind of reverse our fortunes in global trade. 
And we've been losing out over the last 15, 16 years uh, in a big way to China on this. And on this, uh, Trump is, is, is exactly right. Uh, and uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of Democrats that echo that call uh, as well. And we have a, a pretty gaping trade deficit, about $350 billion uh, with China uh, every year. And just to, to, to add a point to this, because I think a, a lot of your listeners might think, because this, this is what they read, as well as, this, well, you know, manufacturing's losing some jobs because of automation and the robots. And so there's not a whole lot we can do about this. And uh, I, as someone who has, has been to a lot of these communities that have been devastated, who looks at this, I can tell you clearly automation means that we, that we can produce more with fewer people. But in the past, we've always been able to gain market share, make new products, uh, and grow the pie that way. But what has happened since we've started this deeper trade relationship with China uh, is that we've lost market share, there are, that our economy is growing slower, We've had two recessions, in fact, uh, and that we've, we've opened up this enormous trade deficit. And it is almost entirely artificial, which means there's something that we can do about it. Uh, China is not a what we would call a market economy. Uh, the government heavily intervenes in its economy. Uh, just within the last couple of days, it's been reported that two uh, Chinese government-related investment funds are spending $22 billion to prop up its largest semiconductor maker. I mean, can you imagine that? $22 billion, uh, you know, the United States government, uh, you know, investing that in an enterprise. It was, it was a challenge enough to rescue the auto industry, um, uh, the entire auto industry in the United States. So, so that's, that's one of the challenges that we face. Uh, and then the, there's a great opportunity coming up because President Trump will be meeting with uh, Xi Jinping, the president of China, um, uh, in in Florida. And will these issues get raised? Is Trump going to say, hey, we got to do something about this trade deficit? Otherwise, we're going to be pushing back, and we're going to be pushing back a lot harder than we have been in the past. And we don't want to start a trade war, but you need to understand that we need more balance in the relationship. Uh, and so you, you need to help us here. Uh, and I don't know if that conversation conversation is going to occur, uh, but for us to have a truly healthy economy, and particularly in some of those states uh, that felt really disaffected in this last election, it, it means that we're going to have to have a different approach to China. And the President Trump kind of demonized China. Um, ha, ha, is he talking and has he been talking out of both sides of his mouth, you know, uh, prior to him being elected and post-election? Uh, well, Leslie, there's certainly a web of complications um, uh, in trying to assess what kind of a relationship uh, you know he's going to have with the Chinese government. First of all, it's pretty clear to me that he likes personal relationships with powerful people. Uh, you know, he did this with uh, 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 Shinzo Abe, the Prime Minister of Japan in February, instead of confronting him, they played golf and they developed a personal relationship. I don't know where that's going to lead to the economic interest of the United States. So how is he going to approach President Xi of China? Will he seek to develop that personal relationship? I mean, there, you know, it's no secret that 
you know, the, the Trump organization uh, and others have, have many ties to uh, Chinese companies, to Chinese production, to Chinese finance and, 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 and real estate. And so, you know, one way that he could separate himself from all of that is to have a stronger policy. Um, and to really kind of uh, back up the rhetoric that he had during the campaign uh, with some policy changes. Uh, and that's, this is an area, and we were talking about this before, that he could bring along a Chuck Schumer or a Sherrod Brown uh, or a Debbie Stabenow or somebody like this who has grave concerns about our trade policy and wants to see real change. Uh, last uh, 30, well, I guess we're out of time, right? Are we out of, we're out of time. Uh, that went by so fast. Scott, always a pleasure to have you with us. You can check out Scott's many pieces at AmericanManufacturing.org. Also follow him on Twitter at ScottPaulAAM. He'll keep you abreast of the latest with manufacturing. Uh, write some great pieces and talk about different places where you, too, can support this economy by buying American. 